Pushing Rubber episode 66. Adam Pickett speaking to you. Sorry about not being here last week. I had some sort of weird virus, which knocked me for six for a few days. I actually tried to record a podcast last Wednesday, and I got 20 minutes into it, and the 20-second silences while I tried to work out what I was going to say next were excruciating even for me. So I binned it and uh, just uh, went back to bed, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, it wasn't much of a, a fun time. But I'm back now. Hey, hey. So you get your fix. Um, I've been told by a few people that I have too many gaps. I'm, you know, it's just like I'll say something and then I'll think about it. Um, I even had a gentleman email me a uh, a copy of my last podcast, which he'd taken the trouble to edit, removing all of the pauses and uh, uh, mouth uh sound effects apparently and got it basically removed about 40 percent of the podcast i think he got it from uh um 53 minutes down to about 30 or something like that i think he knocked off 20 minutes or something i don't know um look i appreciate that Uh, i do appreciate the effort that someone put in um i'm still to reply to the uh a gentleman but which I, i will reply to him in an email but the thing is that um, I'm really busy right now. Uh, I moved to Holland, trying to learn a language, uh, buying a house, uh, getting uh, employment sorted out. This is taking up a lot of my time, um, and I'm still managing to push out five articles a week and a podcast. I don't have time to go back and edit a podcast and spend hours and hours on this stuff. Um, I also don't have the inclination. Now, that might mean that, I mean, I get basically, every episode gets about 300 listens. I don't know how many of those are repeats. Um, 300 is better than three. Um, would I would I prefer it to be 3,000? Sure. Would I be um, uh, more successful in that regard if I took the time to edit it and really streamline it and make it a snip, snap, you, butte, hee, horror kind of podcast? Maybe. I don't know. Um I mean, the Z-Man started his podcast recently and he admitted that it's, each episode takes him about nine to ten hours as he he records it and then he, he edits it and does all this stuff to it and rah, 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 and it's, it's great, you know. And he seems like the type of guy that really likes to get in on the intricate technical details of this sort of thing. Like, um, I'm not really into that sort of thing. Like, I got my first computer in 1986. It was an Amiga 500. I think I was 15 at the time. One of the few kids at school with a computer. I didn't take it to bits and look it inside and trying to work out, you know, how it worked and how to program it and all that sort of stuff. It just, it just doesn't interest me. Same with, like, the guitar. Yeah, I, I can I can set up an amplifier and get the rig sorted and get the guitar distortion sounding a certain way, blah, 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 blah. But I just don't go down into the nitty-gritty details, nerdy, nerdy, nerdy stuff of it i just i'm not that attention to detail focused the only area there's only two areas i think where i really do that one is writing and the other is believe it or not cooking um because i'm a sensational cook 
when people get invited over to our place for dinner, it's like, woo hoo hoo. In fact, we went to someone else's place relative for dinner the other night for the Dutch Sinterklaas. It's not Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a, a promotion invented by Coca-Cola back in the uh, early 20th century. Sinterklaas, it's even, it's, it's spelled differently. It's S-I-N-T-A and then K-L-A-U-S-S, I think, is this Dutch um, uh, tradition. It's, it's, it's got nothing to do with Christmas. Like it happens before Christmas. It finishes on December the 5th, so it finished yesterday, and it has all the black peats, and the, the black peats get black by coming down the chimney, not because they're racist gollywogs or something like that. And um, it culminates on the 5th of December when, when Sinterklaas and the black peats leave. And I spoke about this on an earlier podcast where we saw them arrive in the town here and on the on the, on the the boat on the canal, and there was a huge crowd. And, and for the whole, I think it was like 10 days after that, there's black peats everywhere. Anyway, we went to a relative's house, uh, and we did the whole... Um, the kids get gifts on this, on the, on, it's the last weekend before um, the 5th of December. The kids, hold on, get the majority of their presents at this time. Christmas is kind of like a, uh, a side show. And you, you might get like one present or something like that. But for kids, the Santa Claus uh, around the 5th of December, that's when, that's when you get your presents. And you have to be good the entire time. So Black Pete... And Santa Claus, the Black Peets and Santa Claus arrived two weeks beforehand. And um, for the whole two weeks, the kids get their, their presents at the end. So the whole two weeks, they have to be good. Otherwise, you know, they don't get the presents. So uh, today's the 6th of December. So obviously the kids are back to being little shitheads. So we went around and uh, it was a relative's place. And my, 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 my wife's sister, so her husband, uh, they got four kids. Uh, all under the age of eight, and uh, which is the, the perfect age, really, for doing this sort of stuff. And a couple of Black Peets arrived that they organised, and they bashed on the windows really loud. Scared the shit out of me, to be honest, because I wasn't expecting it. They came in, and they, they hurl these candies and treats everywhere around the place, like around the room. They literally said, being a Black Peet would be cool as. Anyway, then they sat down, and, and, uh, and the kids got brought up one by one as they gave out a gift and the kid had to be saved they'd been good and the black peats already knew about the kids in ways that the kids can't couldn't believe that the, what the black peats knew and uh, my dutch isn't up there yet but i was able to follow most of it and it was it was very entertaining and very sweet and all the adults got a gift as well um and uh and then we had dinner um now before we went my wife was like oh you know we're going to dinner we should we should we take some food or something and i'm like no no, why, why are we going to take some food? Uh, there's, there's two reasons for this. I mean, first of all, number one, if you go to dinner to someone's house and you, and, you, and, you, and you rock up with some food, you're effectively saying that I just don't think yours is going to be good enough, aren't you? Now, you might say, no, 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 I'm helping out. Helping out, bring a nice bottle of wine, yeah? Bring a bottle of scotch, a decent single malt, 18 years old. That's helping out. Turning up with a pavlova, eh, you're trying to say something, I reckon. All right, maybe it's not good enough. The second thing is we we've since we've been in Holland, and this is the same back in other areas of the world where I've lived. I mean, we've had, geez, I've hosted a lot of people around for dinner, multiple occasions. Um, I never expect anyone to turn up with any food, and no one ever does. 
So why are we going to someone else's house bringing food? I pointed this out to the good wife and she immediately recognised the extreme wisdom of my words. Um, I was talking about cooking, wasn't I? Anyway, so people get involved... Uh, sorry, people get invited around to our place for dinner. They're very, very, very happy. The inverse, of course, is the case because people invite me around for dinner and then they're always, I always get this stuff, like, oh, this won't be as good as you do, blah, blah, blah. They're all very embarrassed, which is all very embarrassing for me because I'm perfectly, the food's fine, it's perfectly nice, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just, it's an interest of mine. It's a hobby. I always like to cook. I ran restaurants for a long time. I spoke to chefs. I spoke to chefs. I'd take out a, there'd be a new dish on the menu. I'd take it out. I'd look at it. I'd, we'd, we'd try it before we even took it out. I'd be like, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? What technique did you use? You know, years of doing, years of that, you pick up quite a bit, pick up quite a bit. Anyway, the, uh, the final part of the, uh, of the Santa Claus thing, the kids got sent off to bed and the adults so what happened was all of us received a name and a secret ballot weeks beforehand. And what we had to do is we had to make that person, the person's name we received, family member, a kind of like a gift, but it had to be like an arts and crafts thing, something you make yourself. And and everyone had kind of nominated um, like a, a cheap 10 or 15 euro gift. That you, so you bought them the gift and then you had to hide it inside the arts and crafts thing that you designed and built. Um, and it had to be built around um, the person's kind of life or interest or blah, 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 blah. So I received a bicycle, which was made out of like, um, it was actually really cool. It was quite large. <laughs> You could almost sit on the bloody thing and add alfoil all around it and blah, blah, blah. And it was a bike. And, and inside inside the bottom brace of the frame was, you know, the the, the gift that I you know, nominated. I just nominated some socks or something like that. And then you also had to write like a poem about the person and rah, 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 rah. And, then, and you don't find out who, who did what until everyone's read the poem. And, and basically what happens is, is that... The, you get the gift and it's say they say oh it's Adam's gift so I have to sit there with the gift and then I have to read out the poem that someone wrote about me blah 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 it was quite good you know and all the adults got into it and some of the gifts that were made were very very uh, extravagant I'm no good at arts and crafts I just got my wife to do it I'll just be honest I'm like look look she loves the arts and crafts thing I'm like yeah go do your arts and crafts thing I'm not into it I'm not into it I'm not into it um, I mean I'll do the cooking I'll do the cooking fine with that i'll do the writing i'll do the writing fine with that um so yeah back to the podcast you know i mean i've got all uh what have i got audacity here it's audacity isn't it yeah and i use that i just know the basics i think i got davis arini to help me out at the start i was like all right how do i record blah 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 blah. and i suppose i know how to cut and paste and stuff like that but i'm just not really i mean i could i could do like uh you listen to like say Aaron Clary's podcast or Matt Forney's podcast or something like that, and they've got like the the song at the start that comes in and blah blah blah, and so all the sound effects and whim bang boom bah hee ha, and it's like the big you know production and that's hey, good, it's good, yeah, you know, and the great ones got like uh, plays the David Gilmore song, gee, I'm sick of that song, great one, really. I mean, I'm a David Gilmore fan, but I'm sick of it. And there's the explosion that comes in, and he does the same thing, and rah, rah, rah. It's all great. I just start off, you know, Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 66. Here we go, you know. 
We're just having a chat. We're having a chat. You're in my study. I record this in my study. When I move to, when we finally get the new place, my study has to have a, a, a wood fire and I'm going to get nice big leather comfy uh, armchairs and I've got all my books and bookshelves all around the room and I'll be able to smoke my cigars inside because we're renting and obviously I would not do the disservice to someone who owns a house to smoke cigars inside. Um, and it's like uh, it's like a fireside chat in my study. That's what this podcast is. You're with the gentleman adventurer. That's my little moniker that I've given myself. You're just going to sit down. You're going to have a listen. Is it all production focused? You know, if I, are there are there pauses? Are there pauses? Yes. Are there are there you know lip smacking sounds? Okay, right. You know, do I have an occasional swig of beer because my mouth is getting dry? Yes. Uh, just this is what it is. So that's what I do, and I have I get a few hundred listeners. Some of my some of my episodes got six or seven hundred listens. You know, maybe it's the one person listening six hundred times. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I can't believe this podcast. I just I get a general idea of what I'm gonna talk about, and then I sit here and talk, and you guys listen to it. You guys listen. And why? Why do you listen? You know what is it? Is it my dulcet Australian tones? Surely not. Surely not. I don't know. Is it because I speak shit? Is it because I speak trash? Am I a trash talker? I don't know. Speaking of trash talkers, Milo Yiannopoulos is on a tour of Australia at the moment. It might be over now. I don't know. But he's on a tour of Australia. Um, and the the progressive left first 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 tried to ban him from entering the com- country because he was you know promoting hate speech. <laughs> that didn't go down. He even got presented to the Australian Parliament <laughs> by the uh, Liberal Democrat Senator David Lege, whose last name is unpronounceable. Um, and uh, he's gone around and they've been protests outside his his speech talks and he's been he's been sold out all these things and in Melbourne there was a big kerfuffle and some of the guys I know at XYZ magazine uh, went down to listen to him and uh, um, uh, David um, Hiscox did up a, a bit of a bit of a uh, a few I did a whole bunch of articles about Milo I'm just gonna get this off my fa- off, off my top of my chest I think. I think Milo is exceedingly good at what he does. He is the alt-right's version of an attention whore. He's very, very skillful and masterful with um, excavating the mainstream media. Um, he, he, if you want to learn how to do that, I think the two of the best people in the world to learn how to do that at the moment are Donald Trump and Milo. My favorite, I prefer to do it with a bit of class myself i.e. Christopher Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens was brilliant at excavating the media, even though he was part of the media, I suppose. Um, but uh, Milo certainly doesn't do it with any class. Uh, coming in and talk, calling Clementine Ford a cunt in front of 3,000 people. Well, okay, yes, she is. Um, but um, And I'm, I'm not getting on a high horse here, but I'll say it right now, I don't like Milo. Um, he's a homosexual. Um, he, he rails against gay marriage and he went and married a black man. Like, he's against gay marriage. He says that gay marriage is bad for the worst and he went and married a black guy. I'm just, it's just, I just, uh, I find, I find, I find you're talking it, but you're not really walking it, mate. You know, you're talking about saving Western civilization, but you're a sodomite. 
You know, yes, you're a talented one, you're a skilled one, and all the rest of it. It's all it's all style, really, and not very much substance. There's a little bit of substance uh, out of it. There was two things that David's piece that apparently Milo said that I thought were um, were really good. Um, the first is he apparently pointed out that Aboriginal art is shit. It is. Aboriginal art is shit. I think there's one um, Aboriginal artist who's good that I've ever seen. I think it's, his name was Albert Nakajima or Nakajura or something like that. Landscapes um, done with skill and attention to detail and style, uh, complexity, depth. Very, very, very nice thing. So the majority of Aboriginal art um, is your... Uh, native version of modern art. Did you know that Aboriginal dot paintings were invented by a um, an English missionary who was out with an Aboriginals, some sort of backward tribe in the 60s or 70s, 1960s, 1970s, and said, why don't you do paintings with dots? Yeah, we'll do them like this, with dots. This will be easier for you. That's where Aboriginal dot painting originates. Whenever uh, areas of Australian capital cities are infested with art galleries dedicated to Aboriginal art. If you're into Aboriginal art, you may as well be into Aboriginal architecture as well. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get get your house designed along uh, traditional Aboriginal lines. Uh, but we'll take out plastic and uh, and uh, tin um, corrugated iron. I don't know what you'd be left with. Wattle, maybe wattle branches, wattle branches and mud, something like that. Um, Aboriginal art is shit, and so we, I'm 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 absolutely with Milo on that one. Uh, it's it's good that he's in Australia pointing this stuff out because you know people like me have been saying this sort of stuff for a while that welcome to country ceremonies is shit, uh, Aboriginal art is shit, all this sort of stuff is shit. But it's taken a flamboyant um, sodomite um, to come in and uh, and you know rile up Australia. Um, he also had a message that I thought was very good that David spoke about too in this piece. I'll link this piece in the show notes. Let me write that down because whenever I have to write down linking pieces in show notes because I get to the end of the show and I upload and I don't know, what, what, what did I talk about? You don't think that I go back and listen to this, do you? God almighty. Links. XYZ piece. XYZ magazine, for those who don't know, is an online magazine. Um, started up a couple of years ago in Australia by David and... Uh, I, I get um, a fair few, I've probably had about 50 of my articles um, cross-posted and I'd really like to support them because they are, they are basically the, I'd say, the prominent alt-right um, online um, media site in Australia. So check them out. They have a Patreon as well so you can support them. Um, and uh, definitely... Definitely worth your while to. Um, I, I don't look. Not all this stuff is good. A lot of this stuff is very facile and um, and just uh, un, unsophisticated and undeveloped, um, ill thought out. Um, but a lot of it's good, and they, they're getting better as they go along, and that's the main thing. And um, so they were big supporters of Milo, and you know, fine, whatever. So let's see what he wrote. Milo's speech was highly entertaining, and he had my intention the whole way through. That's great. He has a suave, arrogant, yet likable persona, which he plays to perfection. It is an act. Boys and girls, it is an act. 
And when he is funny, he's very funny. Uh, he cleverly placed his message between these gags. For example, he pointed out that although it may not be the nicest thing in the world to compare Clementine Ford to a tub of butter, I prefer margarine. Butter is nice. I use butter in a lot of my cooking. Butter is great. I'm a big butter fan. I'm not going to compare Clementine Ford to butter. Or lard. Lard is wonderful. Margarine. Margarine's fine. You can compare it to margarine. Uh, Ford and her ilk have for decades been making accusations against, against any who stand against their far-left bile. Uh, the accusations of racist, sexist, etc., which have destroyed careers and destroyed lives. It's a good point. It's a good point. These people aren't nice people, the Clementine Fords of the world. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Clementine Ford is, uh, is Australia's version of... of what, what's the most hysterical, progressive, leftist female nutbag, feminist female nutbag you've got over there? Okay, like a cross between, I don't know, Rosie O'Donnell and... Um, and, and oh, uh, Lena, Lena Dunham? Is that, that what that horrible, horrible bush pig's name is? Of some sort of... Is it Girls, the show? Was it like the the unattractive version of Sex in the City? Is that what it is that that's what that show is, isn't it? I don't I don't, don't watch it. Um I really haven't watched it. I haven't. I need to take another glass of beer. So look, this is a very a very um good point that Milo's pointed out. And I'll be using that in the future. But for the record, I I I don't I don't like Milo. I don't appreciate Milo. I really I really think that Milo is part of the problem. Um, he's acting like the court jester, so he can come out and say say the stuff that no one else can say, uh, and that's great. And he's get got people out to listen. The thing I, I liked the most is that the, his venues were selling out. Uh, Australians are really close to, I think, having enough of what's happened in the past forty years of having their country stolen from them by the elites and given away to second and third world immigrant hordes. That's basically what's happened in Australia. And anyone in, in America or Europe who's listened to this and going, oh, well, you haven't seen things in America and Europe. No. Nah. Australia, Australia is the pointy end of the stick of having a country stolen from you. Only Sweden, only Sweden, I think, uh, would, um, would give Australia a run for its money. The amount, the amount of, um, of, of, Flotsam and Jetsam from second and third world shitholes that have immigrated to Australia through loopholes and, and what have you in the past 20 years is, is well, it's 250000 a year. You do the math for 20 years. Just do the math. What do you think Australia's population was to start with? I, I, think, I think things are reaching a point. Like Vox Day constantly says, well, not constantly, but Z-Man, a lot of his posts ends with this will not end well vox day uh often says he's hoping for a peaceful um exiling of all of these unwanted immigrants so that it's just not going to happen it's just going to happen sooner or later the spark's going to be lit and it might be melbourne it might be sydney it might be london it might be paris i don't know where it's going to be but something's going to happen and white people are going to rise up and they're going to go medieval. And if you're a foreigner whose skin colour is not as white in that situation, you're going to be in a lot of shit. That's what's going to happen. 
And of course, the native population will be screamed at by all the elites of being the most horrible, nasty, racist, bigoted, murderous hordes, but um, they're the ones who created it. That's what's going to happen. I think, I think Australia's close to that. It's getting there. It's definitely getting there. Um, if they don't get expelled, the best that's going to happen is partition and they'll get, this is your area of the country and don't come across the border to the rest of it. I don't know what you give them. Um, oh, I know what you give them. Canberra, Australian Capital Territory. That would be, that would be fitting. That would be fitting. And they put big walls around it. Um, so that's Milo in Australia. He was supposed to have interviews with um, idiot media personalities like Waleed Ali and all the rest of it, and they all cancelled because they were scared, which is also uh, highly amusing. Um, but um, but anyway, uh, that's one of the things that uh, I wanted to point out. Another thing I wanted to point out is there's a post on the small dead animals... This one down. Yeah, give me a sec. Give me a sec. Small dead animals. Uh, Roadkill Diaries. About it's called the SJW Playbook on Display. Um, this is extraordinary. You have to watch this video. Look, I'm not. I'm not one for watching videos of you know. They'll have like Tucker Carlson. You know. Um. Uh, destroys leftist idiot sjw professor blah, blah, blah. i can't watch whatever i just can't watch i just can't watch i just i just like um um i feel bad for him i know that the end i feel bad i do look i i don't know if you realize i'm the type of guy that if there's a spider in the house i get a little piece of paper i put it under the spider carefully i carry the spider outside and i flick it outside i put it in the spot where the fight spider has the best fighting chance of getting on with things that's what I, that's 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 me that's what i do okay i i a lot of people when they find that out are completely dumbfounded they're like no no that's it that's what i do yeah so when it comes to when it comes to SJW leftist Marxist professor getting destroyed by Tucker Carlson, I just can't watch. I just can't watch it starts, and I'm like, oh, don't get me wrong. If Tucker Carlson had me on and the SJW professor, I would do my very best to destroy him in that moment. But I can't watch it for the sake of in, of enjoyment of of you know the shade and fruit, uh, enjoying other people's misery. I can't do it. I can't. But this video, the SJW playbook on display, it's only four minutes long. Is it four minutes long? Let's have a look. Yeah, uh, five. It's five minutes long. New Brighton Mayor Val Johnson goes berserk on white privilege. It's basically a televised council meeting in uh, New Brighton. I think it's Minnesota where a female councillor says that they all have white privilege and then another female councillor objects to this and says, you know, white privilege is crap. And then the mayor, Val Johnson, another woman, uh, who's your classic, she's like Triggly Puff all grown up. Okay? 
She inter interjects, and this is uh, the set of stat tactics that she uses in a, in a three in, in only three minutes. So it's not drawn out. I mean, it's amazing how she goes from each point. So. I'm just going to read off the, the uh, small dead animals one. If you're a social justice warrior, here's a standard set of tactics to get your way. Number one, proclaim anything you wish, no matter how ludicrous. Number two, if anyone dares disagree with you, call them a racist, bigot, homophobe, or Islamophobe. Three, if they dare object, scream at them that, that, that they are out of order and to stop interrupting you. To stop interrupting you bits the best. Four, start shaking and crying, proclaiming how passionate you are about what you're saying. Five, do whatever you need to do to make yourself out to be the victim. Uh, you've got to watch this. You, you've got to watch it. Uh, especially because I consider that it's it's prime time material for being taken down off YouTube. I really do think they're going to take it down. Um, what's really interesting, let's let me start it here so I can check. Uh, and it's from October 3rd, 2017, a, a city council working session. I'm going to pause this here. So we've got the three women councillors, including the mayor that I've spoken about before. And then you've got one, two, three, four uh, white male, your standard wasps councillors sitting around. One um, jacket guy, late 50s. Then we got blue shirt, orange tie guy, very bad car combination, losing his hair, maybe early 30s. Then we've got uh, slouch back in his chair, purple tie, light blue shirt guy, uh, never looks like, looks like he's ever done day of exercise in his life, maybe early 40s. And then um, pastel shade sweater with shirt and tie, bearded young guy, late 20s, maybe early 30s. Not one of these four men utters a single word during this five minutes. They just sit there watching the whole thing. Enabling. Because basically what you've got is one stupid woman who says something about white privilege. A slightly lesser stupid woman who objects to that because she has Italian heritage. And she, and she knows lots of ethnic people. And then the most stupid woman of all, which is the mayor, who then does the five-point uh, SOW playbook uh, routine. And then you've got the four males, the four sorry excuses for males sitting around this table, watching on, not one of them uttering a single word as the absolute lunacy of the situation unfolds before them. And that's not because they were wisely staying out of the fray. It's because they're obvious, cowardly, despicable, sorry excuses for men. And I really, and I've stated this in many of my pieces over the last couple of years, as men, we are responsible for the situation we now find ourselves in because we let the chicks in and we never told them to shut the fuck up and get back into the bedroom though i don't know why you'd ever get into the bedroom with one of these three women like i said trigglypuff all grown up is what this fucking chick looks like um maybe not as fat 
If Puff lost a few pounds and then he had 20 years, that's what you're looking at. It really is a despicable display of, uh, of, of the male, male cowardice, general cowardice in action. It's just like they're, they're there keeping their heads down. You can see it. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to be the one. You can just absolutely see... It's just like, this is why this is such a joke of toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity, these four morons haven't got one iota of, of testosterone between them. There's no masculinity on display here. Speaking of toxic masculinity, Chateau Hatiste had a great little piece. Um, well, it was just a quote um, about Trump on the campaign trail. But uh, it was the title of the piece that I really liked. And the title of the piece was Tonic Masculinity. So swapping out the X in toxic for an end. Um, Tonic Masculinity is back in the White House and not a moment too soon. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. It does roll off the tongue. I'm uh, I'm pretty... um, Pretty impressed with that one. Tonic masculinity. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Tonic masculinity. Is that uh, is that a good counter, this toxic masculinity rubbish? Mm. Anyway, back to these four um, miserable excuses for men. Until you stand up, boys, and start growing a pair and putting the chicks in the place that they belong, which is the doghouse, this problem is going to kick. I mean, I'm just... Oh, I just can't... I can't handle I can't handle barefaced cowardice like that. I really, really, really can't. I remember when I first really came across this. Uh we had a I was working in Cairns as a river guide, rafting guide we call it river guides are what we call ourselves. This was back in the mid nineties and we had a uh and we had a meeting with management. There was about 50 river guides in the company full-time. It was a big operation back then. Since got smaller because uh, tourism dried up a bit. But, wow, I was there for the peak period in the 90s. And we had a uh, meeting with management. And so, as guides, we had some dis- you know, we had some, we had some things that we wanted to put on the table. We had some complaints. Uh, and we wanted some of them addressed, you know. So... As guides, we got together. We had a we had a, a meeting beforehand, secretly that management didn't know about, and we all agreed on blah 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 what to say and what we we're going to do and rah rah rah. Stupidly enough, I agreed to get up and present present our case, and I did. I got up in front of management with the guides all behind, you know seated behind me. I'm at the front of the room, facing the management or facing us. Rah, rah, rah. Guides are all seated behind me, so I can't see it. And I present exactly, I had it written down, exactly what we'd all agreed on before going into the meeting. And management looked calmly calmly at me. and The general manager raised an eyebrow and said, uh, are all the guides uh, backing you on this, Adam? And I said, uh, yeah, of course they are. Yeah. And I turned around and she, and she said, oh, hands up who, uh, who agrees with everything Adam said. And I turned around, and, and even before I turned around, I knew. It was like I got hit with the reality hammer. I was like, oh, how could I have been so stupid? 
and I slowly turned around and every single guide had his arms crossed and every single guide was kind of doing his best to whistle Dixie while looking anywhere but in my general direction. And I just went, turned back around, I went, you know what, fine, fine. These are my points. We'll take them as my points. I should have got every every single one of those cunts to sign the fucking thing. Live and learn, live and learn. But And these are all big, tough river guides. You know, go out in the town and get into fights and, you know, conquer, I mean, muscles and, you know, tattoos and attitude and shaving heads and, you know, get girls drooling off them and hanging off their arm and blah, 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 and taking rafts down dangerous, treacherous rapids and dropping into five-day expedition rafting trips from helicopters and, you know, gutless. Totally gutless. Just all sat there looking around the room. That was the first time in my life I really, really, really came across this sort of uh, collective cowardice. I don't understand it, but the same guys, these same guys, they're brave. I had no doubt that if they were in a landing craft pulling up to Gallipoli, Gallipoli wasn't a landing craft, it was an open deck wooden boat, in 1915 they would have been out and running up into the guns. No doubt about it. More stand-up more stand up guides, guys at your shoulder, out there on the river. You couldn't wish to have. But fuck, did they fold at the first sign of authority? And I mean fold. I just, I just don't understand this collective cowardice uh, from otherwise really tough guys. Now, these four guys in the video, these four... Um, these four counsellors are not really tough guys. By any way, <laughs> and you look at the video, it's just like, okay, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe Michael Moore would look like a tough guy next to these guys. But some spine, some like, whoa, whoa, ladies, you know, take it out to the hen house. It's just, uh, and what, what's this going on about white privilege when your whole fucking council is white? Okay, if, if the first thing, I, if I'd been one of those guys sitting there and this woman starts banging on about white privilege and how, you know, blah, 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 and how terrible it is, and we have to really, you know, whatever, I just say, okay, resign and give your position to the first black chick that you come across outside. Come on, come on, skin in the game. Skin in the game. Come on, you go, for, you go first. You're the one who raised this. What are you going to do about it? Oh, you're going to use... Oh, you want to raise taxes 10%? Because I, I looked up, by the way, this uh, this council. They want to raise taxes by 10% and spend it on social justice initiatives. Oh, oh, right. That's your, that's your, that's your big uh, virtue signaling. Use other people's money taken, taken off them by force and duress and then use that, their money... Uh, to proclaim what a good person you are by view of your uh, virtue that you're signaling. I see. Oh, I see. Oh, what a marvellous idea. Well, let's all do that. Let's all do that. I tell you what. I tell you what. You give me all the savings you have to bank, and I'll go out now, and I'll start giving it away to any, any, any coloured folk 
that happen across my path, any people whose skin complexion is not as ours, and then I'll go around after that telling everyone how wonderful I am for giving away your money to these people to assuage my guilt at being white. I mean, really? Why can't I just... Well, this guy's... I mean, mocking. Look, I don't like Milo, but he does the mock pretty well, and he wouldn't have... He's, he would, look, a, a flamboyantly gay sodomite married to a black man, if he'd been sitting at that table, would have absolutely incinerated those women. These are, these are like... These are like... The, these women are like the equivalent of your English literature teacher at high school. That's what they are, okay? That's a, and 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 somehow you're you're intimidated by this. Is that is that is this where we've is this where we've come to? I mean, a, a great reckoning isn't just isn't just you know the white folks rising up on the streets and you know decimating all the foreign intruders. It's also turning around and having a look at all the enablers within their own. Because what? What do you think you're going to do? You're going to, you're going to rise up, decimate the foreign intruders, it'll all be fine for them? Nah. Oh, no, 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 That ain't going to be enough. Because you will have got rid of the uh, a symptom, but not, you won't have got rid of the underlying cause. What got them there in the first place? And it's cowardly men like these that are the real guilty ones here. Because these women, these women don't know better. They don't know any better. They're just women. They're stupid. They're stupid women into the bargain. There's women and then there's stupid women. And oh my God, do women take stupidity to levels which they will rationalise. Don't make the mistake that women are rational. Women are not rational. They rationalise their behaviour. They are able to rationalise any behaviour of their own as being acceptable. Like I'm sure that this video is being rationalised by the mayor herself right at this moment, Val Johnson, the one who was literally shaking because someone disagreed with someone else who said that they were all, you know, white, privileged monsters, rah, rah, rah. <sighs> Us men have a lot to answer for. You men have a lot to answer for. By the way, I'm expanding my 28 traits of the modern man. I have two more. It's going to take it up to a round 30. A, a round 30, not a round 30. A round 30. Um, and I'm going to publish those in the next couple of weeks. And I'm working on a book of the 28 Traits of the Modern Man, which has been quietly ticking over in the background. My book on um, how to be a man in a feminized world is proving more difficult than I thought. Um, and when I looked and thought about it, my 28 Traits of the Modern Man is basically how to be a man in a feminized world. Um, so I've, I've changed tack a little bit. I've changed tack. And it, the book is not just going to be what I've written on those traits stuck on the internet and then stuck into a book. No. Uh, they're going to be, it's going to be expanded. I'm changing a few of them. Um, I'm actually dropping one or two that I think are superfluous. 
I won't tell you the new ones that I'm bringing in. I'll, I'll post them up on the blog. Uh, and when I when I posted the 28 trades and what I meant, the, the, the traffic on the blog was was much lower. It was like 10% of what I'm getting now. So I'm hoping that there'll be a bit of feedback on on the ones that I post as well. And uh, and I think this book is actually going to be uh, in a in an entire whole what I, I meant by how to be a man in a feminized world. I think how to be a man in a feminized world might be uh, the undertitle of this. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to have that out early next year, early 2018. So there you go. Uh, other thing I want to talk about is a couple of uh, this uh, this winters. Well, we're still in autumn in the northern hemisphere uh, because winter starts at the winter equinox, which is the 22nd of December, and today's the sixth. So there are still a few weeks of autumn, but uh, signs are that this winter is going to be a pretty cold one here in Europe, I think. And I came across two interesting articles, Care of the Woodpile Report. Um, and I'll link these ones up as well. So let me write these down. There we go. Um, the first is titled, it's from a... a uh, blog called Ice Age Now, so maybe they're a little bit biased. Title is, anyone who says we're enduring unprecedented global warming, quote unquote, is lying or woefully misinformed. And uh, it starts, it's quite short. It's colder right now than throughout almost all of history. Looking at this chart, the blue line shows temperatures for the past 600 million years. Anyway, um, Average temperature for most of 600 million years around the world looks like it's been hovering around 25 degrees with a tiny little spike up to like 26. Um, and we're at the moment at one of the three lowest periods of the last 600 million years where the average temperature is down around, all around the world, around 12 degrees Celsius. Celsius, this is. So 25 degrees Celsius, 12 degrees Celsius. Uh, as he says, there's only been two periods in the past 600 million years when it has been colder than today. So right now we're living through one of the coldest periods in geologic history. The last few years, minor rise in temperature is too minuscule to even show up on the chart. And then blah, 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 and then a couple of links. Okay, fine. Um, the next one is from a site called No Trick Stone. Signs show planet entering a new Dalton minimum. Solar cycle 24 continues to be weakest in 200 years. Now, a solar cycle is not 12 months. Okay. A solar cycle... So I'm not sure exactly how long a solar cycle is. So let's just quickly find out. Now using the wonders of a different... How long is a piece of string? No. How long is a solar cycle? There we go. Uh, 11 years on average. Okay, fine. Um, so, when, when, when this global warming shit, climate change shit came up years ago, 
Everyone's running, oh, the temperature, blah, 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 blah. For me, as someone who's not a scientist, and never been to university, but spent a lot of time outside in my job, for me it was as I thought about things over time, over years. And for me, it was so obvious, it, it, to me it just seemed like then it, it was so obvious that everyone had already considered it. And that was that we get our energy from the sun. If you're outside and it's a sunny day, it's warmer than when it's a cloudy day. You, you, you're not, you're not going to have to put on a t-shirt if it's you know 25 degrees Celsius outside and sunny, and 25 degrees Celsius outside and cloudy. It just seemed, it just seemed so obvious. That I thought, well, obviously they've already considered this one, and you know, blah 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 blah. And it turns out that they haven't. I don't consider the bleeding obvious. And we, we gets, the Earth gets its energy from the from the sun. It's a sole provider, as they say on this site, almost sole provider. Anyway, sunspot activity has been pretty well down in this uh, in this um, solar cycle. In fact, it's the lowest energy solar cycle. The third lowest out of the last 24. Now, 24 times 11, that's that's a fair amount of time, by the way. You only get lower so solar cycles, which are number 5 and 6. Right now, it's number 24. So this is, this is what had been measured. So in human history, we've so far measured um, 24 solar cycles. Because Danny got going on this you know, 250 or so years ago. Uh, solar cycle five in 1798 and solar cycle six in 1823, which was the Dalton minimum, which was a very cold period in uh, human, modern or recent human history. Uh, oh, solar cycle activity began in 1755. There you go. So only cycles five and six have been weaker than the current one, which is number 24. Um, so they've got here a little graph, accumulated sunspot anomaly, fuck, I can never say that word, from the mean of the previous 23 cycles, 170, month, 170 months into the cycle, and they've got uh, sunspot anomaly, either plus or minus. So um, solar cycle five was minus 5,119. Solar cycle six was minus six thousand three hundred sixty-three sunspot anomaly average, and uh, we're at minus four thousand forty-eight. The previous before this cycle we're going into now, the previous one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So the previous uh, seventy-seven years before this eleven-year cycle were all positive, um, including the nineteenth one, which was the highest of recorded human um, observation, which is 5,263. Um, so, a, a sun that's shutting down like this, for the periods, whatever it does, is then going to be reflected in the, uh, the the temperatures on Earth, and apparently 2017, sorry, 2017. Apparently, 2017 is one of the lowest uh, sun activity years uh, 
on record, I think within the last, oh, I'm not going to put a number out there, a long bloody time is what I saw recently on another site. Well, what this means, of course, is the, uh, the earth gets colder. Yeah, It must be a big, I mean, the, the global warming climate change people, when they when they started to push it, they were they they, they could have gone one or two ways with their with their little uh, their little con. They could have gone warm or cold. Humans are responsible for either one. Warm warm was the easier one because everyone with a cold everyone goes oh well, it was an ice age. We weren't responsible for that surely. We weren't driving around in cars twenty thousand years ago. Give me a break, mate. But the warm one's like, oh, I never got, I never got the problem with the, the war, the Earth is getting warmer. Really? Sounds good to me. Huh? Sounds good to me. It's been pretty cold here in Holland the last couple of weeks. I have to say. Like we had a day the other day where it didn't get above zero degrees. Uh, here in uh, a little town I'm in, um, at zero degrees Celsius for all you uh, American cousins out there. It wasn't. It was. Yeah. We're not even in winter yet. Winter lasts three months. Whew. There's things to think about. Things to think about in that regard. So there are little things that caught my interest uh, this week. Um, to sum up, men, you need to stand up on your own two feet. Not rely on flamboyant sodomites to do your job for you when standing up against women who are effectively middle school English teachers, glorified middle school English teachers. Um, and you need to call out the cons of the world. If you go along with them, if you go along to get along, well then you'll reap what you sow when the shit hits the fan and things don't end well, which is what's happening. So that's my little thing this week. Boys, it's time to stand up. It's never too late, boys. Well, it is. there's a point where it's too late. But it's not too late yet. It's not too late yet to grow a pair. Okay? And these guys, you look at them, they're the sort of guys who, if they're in a team sport and they're having a shower after the game, would wear board shorts into the shower. Yeah? They're not the kind who are just going to drop it, walk into the shower, having a chat with the guy next to them, having a laugh, scrubbing under their armpits. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I fucked her. Oh, oh, I fucked her hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was brutal. Oh, it was brutal, mate. She was begging for it. Oh, God. And there's board short guy next to you. <laughs> what are you, sir? What are you looking at, you fag? That's the sort of guys these are. Wear board shorts into the team shower. And it's not because they're afraid we'll be jealous of their exceptionally long schlong. Hmm? Speaking of long schlongs, Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary, sponsor of this podcast. You can find him at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Um... And he uh, has a bunch of books on economic uh, fallacies. He has a bunch of uh, YouTube videos uh, pointing out to people while, while why they are idiots. Because Aaron Cleary is a professional asshole. Um, he's a very smart man to think of such a thing. 
Um, and uh, the really annoying thing about Aaron is not that he's such an asshole, but that he's so right so often. He's not right all the time, but goddamn, he's pretty well close. Um, he he sponsors his blog and podcast. He's a big um, uh, supporter of mine, and I am a supporter of his, and not just because he's a supporter of mine, because he's a good guy. Um, and sends me bars of Irish soap, which I would then use in a team shower while not wearing any clothes. So check out Aaron's site, support him. Uh, you can also support me by buying my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill and Rub Run Guts Pull Codes. They're both wonderfully written, funny, entertaining, uh, brilliant books. You can give them as gifts. First book's about how to be a man, how to make a man of yourself. How I did it, using my example there. Give it to a young man in your life this Christmas who needs a swift kick up the date. Um, you can also support me by clicking on those links on my blog, Pushing Rubber Downhill, which will take you to Amazon. And anything that you buy from that click is through my affiliate program. It doesn't cost you anything. I just get a kickback from what you spend um, so I don't have at this moment any, you know, donate buttons on my blog, so or anything like that. So uh, if you want to help me out, if you decided to spend ten grand on Amazon, for God's sake, click through my site first. Okay. Um, if you like this podcast, share it, disseminate it, uh, follow me. You can follow my blog. Um, I will still be writing and podcasting over the Christmas break. The fun never stops unless I get horrible viruses. Uh, this has been a welcome return to the podcast after a week's break. Uh, a welcome return to form. Don't any of you go changing. Stay exactly the same as you are, unless, of course, you're one of those four miscreant, miserable excuses for men uh, that we pointed out on that video. Um, until next week, don't you go changing.